Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for this evening, as always. It's a pleasure to be back before you guys. I have my Instagram audience. I have Facebook here watching. And just for you guys who don't know, we do also have another platform. You can also listen to um, this broadcast on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, so if you are not really interested in watching, you can definitely listen to it. And it will be up on, on Wednesdays is when I upload the uh, podcast for those platforms. So look out for that as well. Um, so before I get into um, tonight's topic, I'm going to do a quick review of last week. Uh, for those of you that didn't get a chance to watch on um, last week's podcast, and before I do that, I'm going to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to come into this place. So, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Father God, for your presence, first and foremost, Father. God, I thank you, Father God, that you continue, God, to have your way, God, throughout this platform. God, that you will move through me in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I count it a privilege and an honor, God, that you chose to use me, God, as your humble vessel. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do, God. I thank you. Thank you, God, for this um, particular topic that we'll be covering tonight, God. Thank you for the people that are watching and listening, Father God, that they will receive, God, everything that you desire for them, God, whether it's healing, salvation, rededication, deliverance, God, a healing, God, freedom in the name of Jesus, God. I claim it, God, I declare and decree, God, it shall be done in the mighty name of Jesus. That by the end of this podcast, God, somebody's life shall be changed, Father. And I thank you, God, that you get all the glory and that you get all the honor and praise in Jesus' awesome name, I pray. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. So welcome everybody that is watching. Um, welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. Um, hi mom. She's posting some people up here. <laughs> um, but but for those of you that didn't get a chance to watch next week's uh, podcast, we were it's a little feedback. Okay. Um how does this sound now? Might tell me if they still hear feedback or not. Good. All right. Awesome. Okay. So um, we're going to go over quickly the last week's uh, topic. And last week's topic was hidden treasures. It was hidden treasures. And what God was sharing with me concerning um, hidden treasures is that um what's so wonderful about that is that there are so many different things that we have yet to learn about jesus that we have yet to um understand about him because he has so many attributes he has so many characteristics of himself and he's our protector he's our provider he's our way maker he is um the prince of peace the counselor he is you know everything to us and there's so many different things that we have yet to understand about Jesus. And in order for us to find out more about him, about the hidden treasures, quote unquote, we have to have a relationship with Jesus. We have to have a relationship with him. And as we continue to grow, as we continue to um, to allow ourselves to, to learn more about him, to pray, to intercede, to fast, to uh, read the word of God. These are the way that God will begin to reveal it to us. Why? Because what we also covered last week is that 
Jesus won't reveal him more of himself to you until he realizes that you can be trusted. So you prove to him that you can be trusted and also that you are ready. Those are two things that must happen in order for you to be to continue to learn more about the hidden treasures of Jesus Christ is that you have to be ready and you have to um, be trusted. And how is that? How how do those things come into play by surrendering yourself to him, by being obedient, by sacrificing your life, by doing whatever Jesus um, leads you to do? This is when he says, OK, I can trust you when he gives you a little bit. and You take that little bit and, and you work it and you take that, that gift that he's given you and you use it to capacity and you allow God to move through you so you can help advance the kingdom of God. So these are some of the things that I covered last week. I'm not going to go all into it. Um, but if you didn't get a chance to see, la to see last week's podcast or even listen to it on our various podcast channels, um, follow I Am Perfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page and you can listen and watch um, last week's podcast. So for tonight, for tonight, um, our topic, our topic is world changer. Our topic is world changer. And... <laughs> I know I say this a lot, but it still blows my mind how God begins to give me the topics and gives me, I guess, the message rather um, for you guys on a weekly basis. And I'm like, wow, God, like, why did you, why did you choose me? Have you ever asked God, like, why, why did you choose me to to give the message? Why did you choose me to give a blessing to somebody? Why did you choose me to go and, and relay that message to someone? And a lot of times it's like the main reason why God chooses certain people is because they're available. That's the main reason, because they're available. A lot of times he chooses us for that very reason is because we are available. And then there are other times where, because the word of God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. God knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. So when all creation was formed, he had us in his mind. He had us in the process. We were already in, in, um, in what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, we were already thought of, but we were not yet manifested. We were already thought of, but we were not yet manifested. So he already knew what we we're going to do. He already knew who our parents were going to be. He already knew what city we we're going to live in. He already knew what school we we're going to go to, what our profession would be, how, what, what, what purpose we will have to help advance his kingdom, what purpose we will have, period, and, and the purpose um, of our, us being created. So that's um, some of what we're going to be talking about tonight, because what I believe, what I believe, hi, Laura, hi, David, what I believe is that uh, strongly that a lot of people, especially in this time, and even before now, but it's very evident now. Why? Because we have had a moment in time where we have had nothing but time to do what God has created us to do. A lot of us have used excuse after excuse after excuse and saying, oh, I don't know what my purpose is. Oh, I don't know um, why I'm here. And you're, you're going through life existing instead of living. And that is no way to live life. It's to go through life existing. You wake up 
you know, it's seven o'clock and you get your breakfast ready and you got to be working nine o'clock and then you come home and then every day is the same thing. Every day is the same thing. And, and you never took the moment to ask God, why am I here? What purpose do I have? And also, too, the other thing that we're going to cover tonight is a lot of times people belittle they belittle the reason why God created them, the reason, the purpose that they have, because they think that just because I'm not created or um, created to be a president or created to be a governor or created to be a lawyer or a doctor, just because I don't, I'm not created to be quote unquote was popular in society, then I don't matter. Then I don't matter. And I'm coming tonight to defeat every negative thought to defeat every negative thought of the enemy that has planted in our mind to make us convince us and deceive us into thinking that just because we may not be called to the multitudes, it may not be called to go across the nations, that we don't matter. Because that's false. We all have a purpose and we all matter. We all matter. We're going to talk about that a little later, but what I want to get into at this very moment, because again, our topic is world changer. For those of you that, is, that are just tuning in, our topic is world changer. And I want to break down the words word and change, the words word and change so that we can get a, a bigger or a, a deeper understanding, a bigger, deeper understanding or what God is uh, saying to us tonight. So first and foremost, world. The word world in this context that God shared with me, everybody, for most people know what world means and it's just like, or you use it all the time, but it means internationally recognized, renowned, distinguished. And people are like, oh, well, I'm not internationally recognized. Nobody knows my name. But contrary to belief, you don't know who knows you. You don't know who knows you, especially in this day and age when we have social media. When we have social media and we have friends that friends of friends and friends of friends, we have followers that we didn't even know the people that are followers. You never know who knows you. You never know the impact you have had on somebody. All because of maybe a post that you posted, an inspirational message, a prayer that you shared, a live that you shared, something that you did that was impactful to somebody else. And even if it wasn't you personally doing it, but because you shared it, because you tagged the person, because you inboxed them, because you did something, because you met them in a grocery store, maybe that person was visiting from another country. And my God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Maybe, and I didn't even, did I pray? Yes, I did pray. I just want to make sure. But maybe that person, um, maybe that person was visiting from another country and they went to the grocery store. And because of that connection that you had with them, now they know about Jesus. So yes, internationally recognized in some form or fashion, even if it means that you impacted somebody who impacted somebody else that was in another country. You planted the seed, 
they watered the seed and then somebody else, mm, thank you, Father, and then somebody else watched it um, harvest. So don't ever belittle yourself just because, just because, thank you, Father. Uh, hey, brother. Ah, yes. <laughs> he said, you got the topic popping on it. Yes, upgrading myself. But yes, just because, just because you may not have had or seen the harvest does not mean, does not mean that you have not had an impact on someone. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to get into tonight. that tonight. So again, world is, thank you, sis, Laura. The world is internationally recognized, renowned, distinguished. You have a purpose. And it's to bring forth change in the world. So what does change mean? To become transformed, converted, or different. To become transformed, converted, or different. So you think about change. Somebody is being, you're bringing forth transformation. Somebody may have been a drug addict. And just because you went to them and said, Jesus love you, they may have um, become addicted to drugs. Why? Because they felt like nobody loved them. They felt like, felt like nobody cared. They felt like, what's the use of me being alive? So I might as well give into the temptation of drugs so that I can get that instant high, so that I can get that, you know, that high that, that can cause me to, to stop thinking about the abandonment, stop thinking about rejection, stop thinking about all these things. And God is saying, because you were obedient and you went to that person and did exactly what I told you to do, now that person has been transformed. Now that person has been converted. Now that person has become different. That's powerful. That is so powerful. And this is what God wants us to know. And we are, thank you, Holy Spirit. We are in the middle of coming across one of the biggest, <laughs> I would say, one of the biggest elections in history. Why? Because of everything that has taken place, especially in 2020 alone. And a lot of people, and I'll be honest, I have questioned whether or not my vote matters. And this is the Holy Spirit because I did not expect to go this way at all. But I have questioned whether or not my vote would matter. Why? Because to be honest, I don't exactly agree with neither one of the candidates that are running. However, what I do believe in is the God that is in control of all things. That is what I believe in, the God that is in control of all things. There are so many rulers that were in the word of God that uh, were not saved, but God allowed them to be king. And God got the glory because certain people, and two, let me reiterate, because there were some people that were in ruling and that served pagan gods and they did not, you know, follow God's instructions. And during that time, God wasn't as lenient. <laughs> Thank God for covenant. Thank God for grace. My God, because Lord knows if we had lived in Old Testament times, a lot of us would not be here. 
but that is a whole nother topic. A lot of us went out here. So some of them, unfortunately, their life was taken away because they were disobedient to God. So during those times, think about just even King Saul, how he had the grace of God, but yet he disobeyed God, but God still gave him grace to still reign. He gave him grace to still reign, but although his God's God's great, no, he, he gave him the, the will to still reign, but God's grace was no longer on his life because he disobeyed God. So this is not this is not new news for people to be in office that are not exactly doing things that are in God's will. It's not new news. However, we should not put our faith in the government. We should not put our faith in, in the leadership. We should not put our faith in them. What we need to do is put our faith in the true living God, to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who saves, the one who fills, the one who changes things, the one who shifts these things, the one who delivers, delivers us, the one who provides, the one who protects us. That is who we need to put our trust in. So this was not, this is not a podcast for me to say, oh, vote for this person, vote for that person. No. All I'm saying is for you to put your trust in and whatever decision you decide to make, that is your free will. All I'm saying is that whatever your decision you decide to make is that you have sought God first and allowed him to give you the instructions on what to do and how to vote. But what you don't want to do is allow the enemy to deceive you into thinking that your vote doesn't matter. Because that's false. Everybody's vote counts. Everybody votes counts. And we have the right. We have the right to vote. We are world changers. We have the right to vote. And if you want to see change, then one of the things you need to do is use that right and vote. Don't just sit around and say, oh, well, I don't agree with nothing they're doing and they don't vote. And then when everything is not going according to how you would desire it to be, then you're complaining. No, we have to activate our faith. How do you activate your faith? Faith without works is dead. So if you believe that God will do something, if you believe that God will change things for the better, that unity will be taking place in this world, then activate, then activate your faith by voting. That was a commercial. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He took me a whole different direction. However, so we're talking about world changers tonight. We're talking about world changer. So we're already talking about the different um, definitions. World is internationally recognized, renowned, distinguished. Change means to become transformed, converted, or different. What I want to get into now, let me pull up my notes in one second. What I want to get into now is the fact <laughs> And before we get into, because later on, I'm going to cover unpopular world changers in the Bible, just so you can get an understanding that there are some people in the Bible that a lot of people don't know about and made a big difference in history. But before we get into those people, let's talk about the greatest, the greatest world changer. And that is none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the greatest world changer. 
My God, how so? Jesus changed every perception of how life should be, such as love, family life, giving and prosperity, business, the arts, faith, strength, healing, and hope are just some things Jesus impacted in our lives. However, Jesus' sole purpose was to be the ultimate source, ultimate sacrifice, excuse me, to be the ultimate sacrifice and die on the cross for our sins. Jesus did so much in this world. He did so much in this world that his sole purpose, oh Jesus, his sole purpose was to die on the cross for our sins. And we're going to see that in Isaiah 53, verse 1 through 12 in NIV version. Isaiah 53, verse 1 through 12 in, in, in the NIV version. And it says, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and the and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance, that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low self-esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned down our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, but he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord, my God, the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many. And he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will pour. Therefore, see me, I will give him a portion among the great. And he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life into death. And was numbered with the transgressors. transgressors for he bore the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. My God. Jesus did that for you and me, for you and me. He did that for us. And many people have yet to understand that. Many people have yet to appreciate it because even back then, 
A lot of people back then abused Jesus. They they chastised Jesus. They they mm, they beat him. They spit on him. And contrary to belief, my God, people are still doing that to this day. But yet his unconditional love, yet because of God's unconditional love, he still sent his only begotten son down to save a wretch like you and me. I don't know about you, but that is the greatest world changer. Someone that can die for our sins and give us the right so that we can have the grace, the grace of God over our lives so that we can have covenant with him so that we can have a relationship with him. And when we get a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm, the spirit of death is no longer on us. Because when we leave here on this earth, our life be lived eternally in heaven for those that actually choose to serve Jesus Christ. Talk about a world changer, changes our views of how we see the world, changes our heart when we surrender to him. That some certain people that may have done us wrong, he will um, soften our hearts so that we so that we can uh, will forgive them. Things that we would used to do, behaviors, the way we used to act, the way we used to react to certain things. We, we're not cussing like we used to. We're not lying. We're not stealing. We're not laying up before marriage like we was before. Talk about transformation. My God, you don't have anger issues like you did before. Why? Because every moment that you allow and you, and you draw closer to Jesus Christ and you allow him to transform you, allow him to renew your mind every single day. Your character is being transformed. Your character is being changed. You're becoming different. You're not the person that you was six months ago. You're not the person you was a year ago. You're not the person that you was growing up. Why? Because the greatest world changer has changed your life for the better. He's changed your life for the better. My God. So I just wanted to, I could not talk about unpopular world changes without talking about the greatest world changer there is, and that is Jesus Christ. And what I also want to share is that Jesus created us, created us all to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. He created us uniquely to use our gifts for this sole purpose. However, we have the free will, glory be to God. We have the free will to choose otherwise. So he's created all of us to go out to the world, share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to use the giftings, whether you're a cook, a, ha a hairstylist, if you're a makeup artist, whatever you're gifting, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever your giftings are, if you were created to, to travel and to be an evangelist or whatever you know your giftings are, to be a teacher, whatever that gift is, you are appointed and designed to use that to bring change into the world. To bring change into the world. So let's go. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20 in the NIV version. <clears throat> On a Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20 in the NIV. 
And it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee because by this time, Judas is already, he had already um, betrayed Jesus Christ. Um, so, and he committed suicide after that. And by this time, this is the time when, uh, this is called, the title of this is called the Great Commission. And by this time, Jesus Christ had already died on the cross for our sins. He was already buried and he already uh, resurrected. So this is the time when he went and visited his his um his um disciples. He went back and visited his disciples to prove to them that he's alive and well, to prove to them that everything that he said will come to pass has already has, was done. Because he that was one of the things that was a major thing that he kept telling his disciples that I'm gonna leave you one day and that I'm gonna come back. And then a lot of them, they started doubting once Jesus and they didn't see him and they started doubting. So Jesus had to go to them to let them know, hey, I'm here and I'm alive and well. And when Jesus did that, glory be to God. In verse 16, it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. My God. So you see. What I love, again, it says, therefore, go and make disciples. Disciples are followers of Jesus Christ. So every time, because people are like, oh, he told, he just told them. No, that was not just to them. That was to everyone. Go and make disciples of all nations. So every time, every time a person is made a disciple of Christ, they are mandated Glory be to God, mandated to reciprocate and also go out and share the gospel so that other disciples can be um, formed, so that other disciples can be manifested. It doesn't just stop. It didn't just stop with those 11 disciples. It didn't just stop with them. No. It continues with us. It continues with us because we are under the covenant. We have a relationship with Christ. It continues with us. Whatever gifting we have, use it for the glory of God. And the other scripture I want to go to before we move forward is Mark chapter 16 through 15. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic Edition. And it says... And he said to them, go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature of the whole human race. So for those of you that just want to preach to uh, black people, that just want to preach to uh, white people, just want to preach to Asians. No, that is not of God. And I understand we are in the black the um the black um lives movement trust me i full support of it however black lives matter does not mean that you become racist black lives matter does not mean that you become prejudiced to other people 
And if you allow yourself to be affected and act the same way that others have been treating you. No, you're just making a public de declaration that we, those of you that are on here that are black, we matter too. But it does not take away from other people. It does not mean that, oh, just because it was happening that I'm not called to speak to other nationality, nationalities or ethnicities. That is not of Christ. Because the word of God says, go. Go to every creature of the whole human race. We're all humans. So we, or some one of us was appointed. Thank you. She yes, Sister Max. That's not, that's not God. He loves all his children. That is exactly right. So one of us was created to, to pray for the president. One of us created to evangelize to the president. Who are we to withhold? Who are we to withhold the gospel of Jesus Christ just because we don't agree with what he has done? Just because we don't agree with the, the lifestyle of, of others? Who are we to withhold the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's not ours to withhold. What if somebody else would have had that same mentality? What if somebody else would have said, oh, I don't like her. I don't like the way she looks. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way they dress. I don't like who they hanging around. So yeah, I know about Jesus, but I'm not going to let them know. Why? Because you're being judgmental. Because you don't know how to separate. You don't know how to separate your personal feelings and share and exemplify the love of Christ, exemplify the unconditional love of God. We are disciples of Christ. We are to share the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations, to all human races. No matter what they look like, no matter what they sound like, no matter what they've done, no matter where they're from, doesn't matter. That is our one of our that was that is our main purpose, but we do it by way of our giftings and by way, definitely by the way of the Holy Spirit. He cultivates the gifts in us. And whatever gifts we have, that is what we use. So, no, I'm not going to go. If I know that I'm not, listen, I'll say this. I'm not a good salesperson. So, I know, and my, me and my mom was talking about this earlier. I'm not a good salesperson at all. So, I'm not going to go and try to, you know, work in that lane and try to make things happen to help be a blessing to other people. That ain't my lane. So, knowing what your lane is and doing what God has graced you to do is that is what's going to help advance the kingdom of God. That is what's going to be effective. And so and to, um, that's what's going to be effective in drawing more souls to the body of Christ. So what I want to do now is move forward. We talked about the greatest world changer ever that ever lived. And that was our, that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we talked about how we all are mandated to be world changers. Now, what I want to talk about now is some unpopular world changers in the Bible. Some unpopular world changers in the Bible. My God, and this blessed my heart tonight. And even, even, and I'll say this before I get into the words of the Bible. I was watching something, I believe that, um, who shared it on Facebook? I believe um, the truth. Um, I love him, uh, my brother in the Lord. 
uh, the Truth the Rapper, yes, Christian Rapper. I know him personally. Um, he posted, unfortunately, during these trying times, a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people are being laid off and now being permanently laid off because of the climate that we're in. And something that he shared on social media is that uh, I believe she was a pilot. If she wasn't, um, uh, be firmly corrected. Um, she was laid off. And there was a black um, woman and she was laid off. And they found, and I believe they found out while, while she was on the flight. And she wrote one of the most touching I want to say speeches um, to to the people that were on the flight, to the people that were on the staff. And she was just expressing how, you know, in, in spite of, you know, what has taken place, she was very appreciative for the company giving her um, an opportunity. She was very appreciative of, of having been able to travel the world. She was just giving her gratitude, even though she was experiencing hardship in that moment. She still, um, she did not allow, she did not allow that hardship to harden her heart. She did not allow that hardship to cause her to, to, um, to have hatred to other people, to have hatred towards the company, to have hatred towards those that may not have been laid off. No. She made sure that she left her mark, that, it, that if this was going to be the last time that she was going to be flying and working for that company, she was. She made sure that somebody's life was changed and that ooh, the love of Christ was exemplified on that flight. Because anybody else would have run amok. They probably would have had an attitude. If it was a flight attendant, they probably would have been acting crazy, not serving people their food and their drinks or whatever. Some people, you know, they probably really would have went crazy. But she chose her platform for good. And I just want to put that little plug in there for those of you that feel and have been depressed because of the times that we're in. Know that you matter. Know that God hears you. Know that God cares. That he's on your side. And trust me, if one door closes, and as long as you are in the perfect will of God, trust me, God already has a plan a plan for you. And another door is going to open. You just got to have allow him to take you through the process. Watch and see. Watch and see. Watch and see what God will do. When you're faithful, when you trust him, you put your, your complete trust in all in him. My God. So what we're going to talk about now again is unpopular world changers in the Bible. And the first one that I have for you is um, number one, the servant girl of Naaman's wife. My God, I was like, wow, some of these people and what the Holy Spirit was sharing with me about some of these people, it, it blew my mind. So um, let's go to Second Kings. Second Kings chapter five, verse one through 19. I probably will skim through some of it. And so the spirit tells me to just read it anyway, which I'm probably sure he will do. <laughs> so, and we're reading from the NIV version. So it says, the title of it says, Naaman healed of leprosy. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded. 
because through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant, excuse me, soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of um, now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, "If only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy." My God. First and foremost, I want to point out the fact that this servant girl's name was not documented. This servant girl's name was not documented. Her very identity was just the fact that she was taken as a servant. So she was stolen to be a servant for Naaman's wife. But even in that, Oh, Jesus, even in the fact that she was stolen from her native land to be a servant for Naaman's wife, she saw the affliction, Jesus, she saw the affliction of her master Naaman and say, you know what? I know a man, I know a prophet of God, Jesus. I know a prophet of God who is capable and who has anointing of God on his life. That is more than capable. Whew, Jesus, that is more than capable to bring forth healing by way of the Holy Spirit in his life. So because of her, and I'm going to move forward, but because of her, she mentioned, she mentioned to Naaman's wife. And Naaman's wife told Naaman. And he believed Naaman had just begun having a relationship with God. So let's continue. In verse 4, it says, Naaman went to his master and told them what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send, send someone to me to be cured of his, of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? It wasn't even about him. But anyway, when Elisha, when Elisha, Elisha, there we go, Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent them this message. Why have you torn your robes? Had the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel, my God. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do this great, to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he comes to you, when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? 
So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that, like that of a young boy. My God. So you see how one person, the servant girl, the servant girl who was who was um, captive to be Naaman's wife's servant. And then she put a plug in. She basically put a plug in for um, Elisha. And said, I know a prophet. I know a prophet and will know just what to do and is anointed by God. And I'm sure, I'm sure that if he goes to him, that Naaman will be healed. So her name was, oh, Jesus. She was unrecognized. Nobody knows that, or at least her name is unrecorded in the word of God. And because of her, she had a small part. She planted the seed. Remember how I talked about earlier, some people plant the seed, some people water the seed, and some people see it to harvest. She was the planter. She sowed the seed of information. She was used by God to get the information to Naaman's wife, who then said it to Naaman. And then he in return went to Israel and then found out who Elisha was and he received his healing. My God, that's just one person. So let's move on. So the next person I wanna talk about is, number two is, again, we're talking about unpopular world changers in the Bible. But number two is Jethro. Jethro is Moses' father-in-law. And um, Moses' father-in-law was giving um, advice to Moses about his leadership. Because a lot of people, and a lot of people know about Moses. Unsafe people know about Moses. They know about the Ten Commandments. They know about um, the Red Sea um, being split. They know about the plague, the plagues that was, um, that was on Egypt. They know about him being a prince of Egypt. They know different things about Moses. And Mo, the thing about Moses is that <laughs> during this time, it's like the people, everybody went to him. Everybody went to him. It's like having one prophet, one prophet in the whole town. And if somebody want to hear the word from God and everybody went to that one, one prophet, everybody went to him to find out what God is saying. It's like, no, it's, 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 it's Mm, thank you, Father. It's as if nobody had a relationship with God to be able to hear his voice for themselves. So anytime they wanted to hear a word from the Lord, anytime they wanted to get answers, they went to Moses. And Jethro was seeing this. So let's go to Exodus chapter 18. I pray that you've been blessed so far. Let's go to Exodus 18, verse 13 through 27. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. And it says, the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as, as judge while all these people stand around you from morning to evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, 
What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from he chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials of Officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. See, Jethro was only there visiting. He was only there visiting, but while he was visiting, you know, they were making sacrifices and they were praising God because of, of everything God did. He just um, made a way for the, the um, Israelites to be freed from Egypt. One of the greatest miracles were just formed and how the um, Moses lifted up the staff and God split the Red Sea and made a way of escape for the Israelites. So they were worshiping and making sacrifices. But all the while, it kept going to Moses. And Jethro was like, this don't make no sense. And he, ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. And just by his simple observation, he gave him wise counsel, godly counsel, and gave him specific instructions on what can help better, help better um, the way he leads and help better the, the way um, the government is, is handled as far as Israelites are concerned. And then Moses was able to be the leader that was truly a stronger leader that God had called him to be because he was not um, he was not um, worried about or he was not concerned having to be concerned about little things anymore. But now he took care of the big stuff. So basically, think about it in these terms: he was okay. Say if he was the president, the president is supposed to take care of major things, and then you have the governor that takes care of the state things, and then you have the mayor that takes care of the city things. So that's exactly think about that. So Moses, the president. And he started pointing governors. He started pointing mayors. He started pointing certain people that were in charge over a group of people so that he did not have to handle that. That's a lot for one person. So because of that, it made things easier. My God. Next person. Again, we're talking about unpopular world changers in the Bible. And our topic tonight is world changer. So we talked about the serving girl, girl of Naaman's wife. We talked about Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. Now we're going to talk about Tabitha. Tabitha. And no, I'm not talking about Tabitha Brown. Although I love, my, I love myself some Tabitha Brown. But we're talking about Tabitha, Dorcas in the Bible. My God. So let's go to 
Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verse 36 through 42. Acts chapter 9, verse 36 through 42. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. <clears throat> And it says, now in Joppa, they played it in, into Greek means Dorcas. She was rich in acts of kindness and charity, which she continually did. During that time, it happened that she became sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upstairs room. Since Lita was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, come to us without delay. So Peter got up at once and went with them. When he arrived, they brought him into the upstairs room and all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing him all the tunics and robes that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out of the room and knelt down and prayed. Then turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and helped her up. And then he called the saints, God's people and the widows, and he presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa and many came to believe in the Lord that is to adhere to and trust in and rely on Jesus as Christ and Savior. And so it was that Peter stayed in Joppa for many days with Simon a Tanner. Whoo! Two things. And the second thing I just realized is I read it just now. Two things that's special about Tabitha. Tabitha it says is that she she was a a seamstress she was a seamstress and she was a servant she was a giver she was a giver she was seamstress she cared about the people and you can see that because when she died it said many people were in the upstairs room and they were weeping because of her death and they were had they had the tunics and the robes that she made and they were just saying wow look at look at what she did for me like she probably did this out of it doesn't say that but more than likely seeing reading about her personality she could have done a lot of these things without asking for money out of the goodness of her heart she made the people make sure that people look good think about somebody who was a, a fashion stylist somebody who was a fashion designer and they just making clothes for you not asking you for no money and they got you out here looking good and you know and something about fashion it, it changes it changes you if you look good it would sometimes would change your perspective so she she used the gift that god gave her of making clothes to be a blessing to other people she used the gift that God gave her to be a blessing to other people. And what I love also about this, I want to read again um, verse, verse, I'm going to read verse 41 and 42. And he gave her his hand and helped her up. And then he called in the saints, God's people, and the widows, and widows, and he presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many many came to believe in the Lord, that is, to adhere to and to trust in and rely on Jesus as Christ the Savior. So not only was she a blessing to people with the gift, but because of this miracle that took place, many people 
Many people became saved. Why? Because they were in, in the room. And why? Because uh, they sent out for Peter, first of all. It was like, Peter is not, listen, we need one of the disciples. I know that he can, you know, some people like, I know, when you know certain people who get a prayer in, when you know certain people have an anointing and calling in life, you know, they, they may have a gift of healing on their life. And you're like, listen, I need you to go get them. Because they, they, they was like, man, like some, somebody like Tabitha, who has such a, a giving heart. They wanted to try something. And when they seen the miracle, the power of the Holy Spirit, they believed it changed. It changed their perspective. It changed their perception. It changed what they believed. When they seen it with their own eyes, when they seen it with their own eyes, because they knew that Tabitha was dead. And when they seen that she was alive again, Oh, my God. They said, I must serve. I must serve the true living God. I must serve Ooh, Jesus Christ, the one who saves, the one who heals, the one who causes resurrection to take place. I must serve him. It changed their perception. And they were willing to surrender. And it said that all of Joppa knew. It went across all of Joppa in the, in the city. The gospel of Jesus Christ was spread Woo! because of this woman, Tabitha. My God. Next one. Unpopular world changers in the Bible. My God. Next one, number four, is Moses' mother. Moses' mother. My God. Could you imagine being the mother of Moses? Imagine being mother of Moses. We never, we never think about the ones that give birth to the ones that make the popular impact. We never think about them. If she didn't give birth to Moses, Moses couldn't can couldn't bring forth um couldn't bring forth change. Moses couldn't uh, be used by God to free the Israelites from Egypt. Because of Moses' mother. Let's go to Exodus, Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through 10 in the Amplified Version. And it says, Now a man of the house of Levi, the priestly tribe, went and took as his wife a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was especially beautiful and healthy, she hid him for three months to protect him from the Egyptians. I want to point this out again. Because earlier we read about the serving girl. Her name was not detected. In the word of God, Moses' mother, name was not recorded. She's known as Moses. You know how some people are like, oh, that's, that's Chinese mom or that's Laura mom or that's Sister Mac's um, daughter. You know how some, some people, they identify with people based on off of who they're related to or based off who they're friends with. That's exactly what happened with Moses' mother in, his, in the word of God. She's known, as, she's known as Moses' mother and she's also known as the daughter of Levi who um, who um, who end up marrying a man of the house of Levi. That's what she's known as. 
And so, and furthermore, in verse three, it says, when she can no longer hide him, she got him a basket chest. In one moment, I'm gonna get face um, Instagram started again. So those of you who are tuning in while I'm getting this started, we're again, we're talking about unpopular world changers. And right now we're talking about we're talking about um, Moses's mother. This woman, she, uh, because of her decision, it changed the game. Because of her decision, it changed the game. Welcome back, Instagram. So again, in verse three, it says, when she could no longer hide him, she got him a basket. Because during that time, um, Herod, he was, um, no, Pharaoh, not Herod, excuse me. Um, Pharaoh, he was out to kill the two, the two-year-olds and below, kill all the firstborn children. He was out to kill all these little boys. He was afraid that one of them was going to, you know, be in control. And he was, and so she had to protect them, and specifically the Hebrew children, specifically the Hebrew sons. So she had to protect them. And the verse four says, and his sister, Miriam, stood some distance away to find out what would happen to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile, and she, together with her maidens, walked along the river's bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to get it, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. And she took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a wet nurse from the Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take the child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages, my God. And I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. What was special to me in this story huh, is the setup that God had. Because not only did Moses' mother give birth to Moses, she saw fit and she, oh my gosh, because nothing like a mother's, a mother's love, a true, uh, a real, a mother's love is so special because one that truly loves her child, what's best for them, even if they can't be the one to take care of them. Even if it means that they have to give them up. Like say, for instance, if somebody had to give their child up for adoption to make sure they're safe, to make sure they're covered, to make sure that they have the life that's needed for them. That's a true mother's love. And some people don't understand it. Like, oh, well, why did you give me up? Maybe they were in the best situation. And because they gave you, because I want to say, I don't want to say gave you up, but they, they put you in a different position so that you can be adopted. So that basically this is like a known adoption. She gave her son to Pharaoh's daughter, put him in a basket. It was, um, Moses was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. And then Miriam, Moses' sister went, my God, went and said, you know what? You want me to get a, a Hebrew, um, a Hebrew uh, to nurse the um, the Hebrew son? And she said, "You know what? Go get someone." She went and got her mother 
to not only she gave him up, but she still was able to have a connection with her son. She still was able to nurse her son. And her son was protected. Why? Because, my God, because now Moses was known as the prince of Egypt. Because Pharaoh's daughter took him on as, as her own son. So Pharaoh couldn't kill him because he now was his grandson. Talk about a setup. And if it was not for that, my God, Moses would have been killed. And the Israelites would have not been freed. They would have not reached their promised land. Because of the decision that Moses' mother made, she wanted to protect him. She wanted to protect him. And she made the decision. She allowed oh, God to use her in that moment. She allowed God to use her in that moment. Jesus. Yes, sis. Yes, she didn't give him up and gave him, a, yes, a better opportunity. Economy of us, my God have been put in a place of having a better opportunity that because you live in a certain city, because your parents um, put you in a certain private school or they put you in a certain neighborhood, if they wanted what's best for you and you didn't like it because, you know, maybe they took you out of a neighborhood that you grew up in. Maybe, you know, a lot of your friends, they took you away from, listen, I remember <laughs> being taken away. Um, we lived in North Carolina for a couple of years, about two and a half years when I was younger. We moved, um, I think I was about nine and we moved to North Carolina where my dad is from and I did not want to go. I was so like, I did not in the middle and like third grade was almost over and we picked up and left and I did not want to go. And although I third year, the end of third year was uh, but the beginning of fourth year, I loved the school that I went to, DS Johnson Elementary School. I loved that school. And although I was only there for a short time, I learned a lot while I was there. I learned a lot while I was there. So although we don't always understand why it's happening, you don't always understand why God puts us in positions. You don't always understand why He took a certain routes. God knows what he's doing. God knows what's best. So let's talk, let's talk about, we just talked about Moses' um, mother. So I want to um, have one more example. Uh, and this one, some people may know, but I just want to talk about her because a lot of people are just like, God will use, yeah, he will use any and everybody. Nobody is exempt. We're talking about, again, unpopular world changers. The last one I want to talk about is Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute, and she helped Joshua and his army conquer Jericho. She helped them conquer Jericho. My God. And we want to see how she did that. Let's go to Joshua, chapter, 20, chapter 2, excuse me, verse 1 through 19. Joshua chapter two, and just bear with me. Stay with me, reading from the NIV version. I know it's long, but you gotta you gotta see the whole story to understand what God did. So then it says, then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. 
the king of Jericho was told, was, was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent his, sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. And thus, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. So she lied. And I'm not going to condone lying because lying is bad. But <laughs> I just feel like in this instinct, it was to cover Joshua and his people. It's bad. Hands down, it's bad. But in this instinct, God used what was bad and turned it around for good. God used what was bad and turned it around for good. So verse six says, but she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalk of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the forest of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sahan and Ag, the two kings of Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. My God, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage fell because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. So everybody knew. Everybody got word of what took place in Egypt, of how God delivered the Israelites. And they had fear. It was like, listen, we don't serve your God, but we definitely fear him. So in verse 12, it says, now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives. And then assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window. The house she lived in was part of the city wall. Mm. She said to them, go to the hill so the pursuers will, find, will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return and then go on your way. Then the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you have tied, you have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into the house, if any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. My God. So you see, she was given specific instructions. She had to put the scarlet cord on the window so they know that it was her house. So now we're going to move forward and end with this verse, this chapter rather, chapter 6, verse 20 through 25 in the NIV version. Glory, hallelujah. So now by this time, Joshua and his crew, they came in, 
And, you know, they, they went around the walls of Jericho seven times and um, Trump, they uh, blew the trumpet, blew the trumpet and the walls of Jericho and came down. So verse 20, it says, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. It about devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed it with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua, but Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua as sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Oh, my God. My God. Somebody, a prostitute. She was a prostitute. However, she knew. She knew the power of God. She knew how powerful God is. And if these, the men, the spies that were sent by Joshua, which was uh, men of God, she's like, no, what? Mm -mm, I ain't messing with that because she already said they had a fear of God in them. And she said, no, what? Uh -uh, I'm not messing around with that. I'm going to do anything I can to help them out. Because I don't want anything happening to me and my family. So she took one for the team. She said, you know what? Uh -uh, I'm going to protect them so that me, my family, it says her, her brothers, her sisters, her mother, her father, and everything that belonged to her. Because they was taking everybody out. They was taking out the cattle. They was taking out the sheep. They was taking out every living thing. They burnt the city. But they made sure that Rahab and her family her lineage was all taken care of. Oh my God. Unpopular world changers. So I say all to say, let's go over who we talking about again. Talked about the servant girl of Naaman's wife. What did she do? She made sure that Naaman knew about Elisha, um, about Elisha the prophet. And because of her putting that plug in for him, he was able, he went, he traveled to see Elisha and received his healing from leprosy. He planted that seed. Then we talked about Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. He gave Moses advice so that he can give a better structure to um, how everything was run for um, the Israelites. So that he can appoint different people. Then we talked about Tabitha the fashion designer. She made clothes for people. She had a giving heart. She was a servant. And how when she died, Peter, he went and he he um laid hands on her. And it was, listen, rose and she was risen from the dead. And because people were the those people were able to see for themselves the miracle. Whew, 
the miracle of Jesus, the miracles that happened because Peter laid his hands on her. They became saved and all of Joppa knew about it. They were influenced by that. And we talked about Moses' mother, of how she made a decision to protect Moses and to give him up so that he can have a better opportunity to be the prince of Egypt and put him in a position so that he can protect it and live so that he can be one of the greatest, one of the greatest world changers in the world. So to help free the Israelites from Egypt. Then lastly, we talked about Rahab, the prostitute who helped Joshua and his army conquer Jericho. My God. So you see how we always talk about popular people like Joseph and Moses and Abraham and Noah and David. We always talk about all these popular people. But I love the fact that God placed it on my heart tonight to talk about the unpopular people, the people that paint the seeds, the people that give birth to the, to the, um, to the people that are popular people. That nobody don't even they don't even know their name. However, they played a part in helping advance God's kingdom. They played a part in helping making sure that God's perfect will was done. And that's where it leads me here. Even if you are not called, I said that earlier, but I'm gonna say it again. Even if you are not called to the masses, even if you're not called to travel across the world. Even if you're not called to be what's popular, the lawyer, the doctor, the president, you're not called to all of these popular things. You're not called to be famous. Does not mean that you don't have impact on this world and you can use your impact and your influence for good or for bad. But some people use their influence for bad. Some people use their influence for bad. And we have, God has given us the free will to choose how we're going to use it. Because as you can see, there are all of these celebrities out here in the world. A lot of them are gifted singers, gifted actors. But a lot of them don't use their gifts for good. They don't use their gifts to help advance the kingdom of God. They use it to, to serve and worship the adversary. So we have the choice to either choose and use the gifts to help the advance the kingdom of God and to help, again, what did I say earlier? And we are mandated. We are mandated by God to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with the giftings that God has given us. I don't care if God leads you to go in the grocery store to speak life into somebody's life. You planted their seed in their life. You just changed their life. Therefore, you are a world changer. Nobody is too little or too big. We all matter. We all have a purpose. And I encourage you to find out what that purpose is. To find out what that purpose is. Oh, to God, say, Lord, why did you create me? What is my purpose of living? Not what's your purpose of existing, because existing is not the way of life. To live is to, to have purpose. To, to, oh, it's such a fulfilling, it's such a fulfilling uh, feeling to, to know that you are doing what God has called you to do. To know that you are 
helping and being a blessing to other people to to know that it's so many gifts that I have. And when I, when I dance and I know there's a blessing to people and even when I'm, when I'm being obedient to God, if he tells me to go certain places and he tells me to, you know, to give or whatever it is, it's such a great feeling to know that you are being obedient to God. So I encourage you and I want to pray for you. Father God, God, I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that you will bless each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you touch us, God. Touch each and every person that is watching and listening in the mighty name of Jesus. And I come against, Father God, every negative thought of the enemy, God, that has deceived us into thinking, God, that we don't matter. Has deceived us in thinking that, Father God, that we don't play a part, with Father God, in advancing your kingdom. Holy Spirit, God, ignite the fire. Yekurabasi, reignite the fire that is in us, Father God. Give us the passion again in the name of Jesus, God, to do as you have instructed us to do. To go as you instruct us to go, and to speak when you tell us to speak, God. To give when you tell us to give in the mighty name of Jesus. May we not have the spirit of fear, God, but have the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind in the name of Jesus. I come against Yerabasi. I come against the spirit of torment in the mighty name of Jesus. God has caused our minds God, to go the Father got crazy, to cause our minds the Father got to be double-minded, God, to cause us to make rash decisions that Father God, to cause us, God, to go against you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that you would take the spells off our eyes in the mighty name of Jesus, to be able to see clearly in the mighty name of Jesus, to be able to, Father God, to be able, God, to hear from you, God, that Father God, I pray God for those, that Father, that may not know what their purpose is, they may not know, God, what their purpose is, Father, that God, as you will reveal, that you will reveal what their purpose is, that Father, God, in life. And God, once they know, once they know what their purpose is, Father, God, that they will follow you, that they will follow you, God, they will follow the instructions that you give them in the mighty name of Jesus to do exactly as you tell them to do. God, give them the reassurance to know, God, that they matter. Give them the reassurance that, Father God, it doesn't matter that, Father God, maybe I just feel like God is, is leading me here. Maybe you were adopted. Maybe you were adopted like Moses was in the story. And maybe you just discovered that you were adopted. Don't think that you don't matter. Don't think whatever the situation is or why your parents gave you up. And gave you think of it as they gave you a greater opportunity and they were only trying to protect you. And I pray that God restores your relationship. That God restores your relationship with your birth parents. And that you help and they will help maintain your relationship with your adopted parents. Because it's a blessing that you have that that village that cares about you, that you have your birth parents and your adopted parents. Just that God would change your perspective of how you look at it. God loved you that much that he wanted to make sure that you were put in a position, to make sure that you were put in a position so that you can find out and discover what your purpose is. Because had you had stayed with your birth parents, your life would have been different. And I don't know who I'm speaking to, but know that you matter and that God cares for you and he loves you. 
He only wants what's best for you. So God, I thank you, God, that your perfect will will be done in each and every one of our lives. Continue to protect us. Continue to cover and keep us in the mighty name of Jesus. That whatever the enemy, the Father God, meant for bad, that God, that you turn it around for good, God. That you that we will go out, God, with the mentality, Father God, that we are world changers. That we are world changers, God. And, and the sooner that we have that perspective, Father, that we will know that everything we do, God, that gives you glory, has made an impact on this world. That God, in every do thing we do, God, that gives you glory, has made impact on this world. Holy Spirit, I even pray, God, for those, God, that are struggling with the decision of whether or not to vote because they feel like that their life doesn't matter. They feel like so much is happening in this world, Father God, that why, why activate my right to vote? Why? But God, reassure them that they matter. Reassure them that the vote counts. Reassure them that Father God is decision. That decision, Father, and that they will seek you, Father, and which which way to go, and how to activate and use their voice. Oh God, I thank you. I pray for this world. The unity God will take place. I come against division. I come against hatred. I come against pride. I come against strife. I come against anything that is not like you. I come against the spirit of murder. I come against the spirit. I come against that spirit of suicide. I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Protect your people. God touches in our minds that we will have perfect peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Anything, God, that has caused us, God, to doubt you, anything that's caused us, God, to not believe, anything that's caused us, Father, God, to take us, turn away from you. God, bring us back. May we have that, Father, God, an encounter from you like the other. Maybe we have an encounter like Paul did. And God, we will realize, Father, that you are the true living God. And nobody can save us but you, Jesus. Nobody can heal us like you. Nobody can deliver us like you. Nobody, Father God, can help us like you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, only you can do it. So, Father God, we surrender every care unto you. We surrender it all unto you. Whatever God is burdening our hearts, whatever God is troubling our minds, God, we give it unto you, Father. And God, we count it done. God. We count it done in the mighty name of Jesus. We count it done in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory be to God. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Let your perfect will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I do want to take this time to offer the gift of salvation for those of you that don't know Christ. And as we were talking about world changers, as we were talking about how Jesus Christ is the world, the greatest world changer, and talking about different people that may have not been popular, but they had a, a impact on the world. And you're like, man, like I want to be that person. I want I want to make an impact. I want to change. I, I want I want to be better. And you can do just that. And if you're ready to change, if you're ready to transform. The decision is now. The time is now. Jesus loves you and he cares. He was sent to die on the cross for your sins. To be buried and raised again so that he can be alive and well and take the keys of death. 
Take the keys of death from the enemy so that you can be offered eternal life when you have a relationship with him. If you're ready to make that decision now, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. I realize that I need you in my life. I realize, Jesus, that without you, I am nothing. So I ask that you forgive me. I surrender my life unto you. I know in my heart that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe it. I confess it with my mouth that you were buried and rose on the third day so that I can have life eternally. So Jesus, I give my life to you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The best decision you ever make is giving your life to Jesus. Trust me, your life will forever be changed. Your life will forever be transformed. My God, my God, my God. Glory be to God. And I also want to offer for those of you that may have had a relationship with Christ and you allowed yourself to turn away from the things of God, whatever has taken place, whether you experienced rejection, whether you have experienced abandonment, whether you have experienced hardship, especially especially in these trying times, and you lost faith in God, you lost um, hope in God. But you know without a shadow of doubt that Jesus has been calling you back and that you tr you've been trying to do it on your own and it has not been working out for you. And you know that you need to come back to Jesus. But you've allowed pride to get in your heart. And you've been convinced that it's too late. But I'm here to tell you that if you still have breath in your body, there is still time. Jesus is married to the backslider. And take this time now because tomorrow is not promised. Nobody knows what the future holds, but Jesus knows what your future holds. He knows what tomorrow brings. So if you're ready to come back to Jesus, say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize, I realize that I was wrong. I turned my back on you. And Jesus, I know without a shadow of doubt that I need you in my life. I need you. I tried it on my, on my own and I failed. So Jesus, I ask that you give me another chance to get it right. I surrender my life unto you. Give me, give me another chance, God, and I would, I would serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you for making me whole again, cleansing my mind, renewing me. I love you, Jesus. I give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen. You pray that prayer of rededication. Welcome back to the body of Christ. The best decision you can ever make in your life is come back to Jesus. I pray that each and every one of you are blessed tonight. Let you continue, my God. Yes, sis. Continue. I see all the comments. I love all of you. I love all of you that's been following and it's been encouraging and it's been um that's been supporting the platform. That you continue to keep me in prayer, continue to keep the platform in prayer. And trust me, I'm always covering you guys in prayer. I love you guys so much. And I pray that you continue to be encouraged and uplifted in the name of Jesus. And until next time on a Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Love you. Have a good night.